I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the lady responsible for 16 different books. She's the author of 16 different books. She's the subject of a documentary. She was the subject of a lengthy radio series uh, before becoming the host of her own uh, radio and podcast. And she's got more books on the way. And uh, next one up is, uh, is her memoir, probably, her memoir, and, uh, and she comments on all things uh, at, at all times, and you're going to get the most honest take from anybody. And, uh, and, and again, uh, she has her beliefs. She has her strong beliefs. But as you know, if you've been listening to her, they're always right on and they're always thoughtful. And uh, without further ado, let me bring in Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Doc, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How about you? I, I'm doing well, and uh, we were talking a little bit off mic. Uh, you know, I, I I wonder how the folks in the Ukraine are doing. And you know, you referenced, um, you know, off mic, you referenced the George Will article that unfortunately I didn't see. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on what's going on over there. Right. Yes. Well, I'm going to begin with George Will's uh, tribute, actually. It was very eloquent. It was a Thanksgiving op-ed for the Washington Post, and uh, uh, the title was, If Zelensky Had Taken a Ride Instead of Ammo, quote-unquote. And uh, George Will says, give thanks for several things that have happened, because when Russia launched its attempt to extinguish a European nation, and that nation's president was offered a flight to safety. He apparently replied, and I'm quoting again, I need ammunition, not a ride, unquote. Wow. So so George Will says, be thankful for the nobility the war has, um, has elicited from those who were attacked and for the demonstration that individual leaders still matter. Because um, back in uh, 1925, um, Winston Churchill, who was a parliamentarian at the time um, and who had already been at war and had had plenty of experience, he was 51 years old in 1925, argued that the personal factor in modern war had been uh, obliterated by uh, by mass production and mass movements, and yet uh, in May 1940, uh, with his speech, uh, and I, of course I quote the most um, the most known, the most famous uh, line out of that speech is, "We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills." We shall never surrender, unquote. Uh, and, of course, Zelensky actually uh, adapted that, that quotation to his own situation when this invasion began. Uh, and he became a – he and Churchill both became refutations to that theory that mass processes and mass production uh, had obliterated the role of in, strong individual leaders – because we have had, uh, of course, Churchill, and we've had other uh, strong individual leaders since, and Zelensky is definitely among them. So 
Um, Zelensky became, like Churchill, a beacon of courage and resistance to tyranny for the entire free world. So uh, George Will puts, puts it this way, Volodymyr Zelensky has demonstrated that the arc of history can be bent by an individual who, away from the battlefield, exemplifies fortitude and sends eloquence into battle. <laughs> I think uh, George Will is such a stylist. I mean, that is a beautiful sentence. He sent eloquence into battle. And uh, a historian at Yale, Timothy Snyder, uh, I, I'm unfamiliar with his work, but uh, I agree with his sentiment, says uh, that U Ukraine's struggles are the hinge on which history will turn. He compares it to the position of Czechoslovakia in World War II. And Putin's rhetoric, he says, plagiarizes Adolf Hitler, claiming that a neighboring democracy is a tyranny and uh, that Czechoslovakia um, and now Ukraine uh, is um, as a country is illegitimate, a mere fiction. And it, uh, Hitler claimed that uh, Czechoslovakia should be part of Germany, uh, just as Putin claims that Ukraine should, should and is a part of Russia, basing his claim on the fact that 10 centuries ago, get that, Russia and Ukraine were united as a nation. And relying on something that was true 10 centuries ago is an absurd position, but it has been taken uh, because uh, Ukraine was part of the Union of Socialist Soviet Republics, which did not mean that it was not a nation in itself. It was simply under the dominance of Russia during uh, Satan, Satan. <laughs> during Stalin's yeah. during Stalin's regime, and after that until uh, 1951. So uh, Czechoslovakia, of course, uh, crumbled when uh, Hitler hit it with its blitzkrieg. Uh, but uh, Ukraine's resistance uh, to what looked like overwhelming force reminded everybody, the, the world's democracies, uh, that um, uh, it, it is not about uh, accepting the apparent curve of history, uh, as Putin claims, but about making, making history, striving for human values, despite empire, oligarchy, and propaganda, and in doing so, opening up uh, unforeseen possibilities for the free world. And as the invasion began, Russian propaganda claimed that uh, Zelensky had fled Kiev. And uh, uh, Zelensky very quickly thereafter um, filmed himself saying to his nation, the president is here. I remember that film being shown on our own TVs. And he is still there, leading Ukrainians daily to put their lives in mortal peril, unfortunately, for Ukraine and for him as well. So what does the free world owe to brave little Ukraine with, uh, who, with its courageous president? 
the Republicans in this country uh, who have taken the House by a very slim margin are heeding Tucker Carlson's pro-Putin stance on Fox News, and they are arguing for a stricter accountability of uh, United States military assistance to Ukraine. We have actually spent, um, and this was uh, this was in an uh, op-ed in the Express News, the San Antonio Express News, uh, yesterday. We have spent nearly two hundred billion dollars so far on aid, humanitarian and military aid to Ukraine, and this shocks the Republicans uh, who are maintaining that dollars, American dollars, don't grow on trees. And look at what we're doing; we're throwing them away here. Um, and Kevin McCarthy has said uh, there has to be accountability going forward, but. Um, although that sounds very reasonable, and I agree there has to be accountability going forward, um, because um, <clears throat> we must assure that the weapons that we are supplying don't fall into the wrong hands. However, the problem is that it may be a ruse to start withholding desperately needed aid to Ukraine. And McCarthy has actually intimated that he intends to do just that. And if that is done, if the House uh, votes to do that, it would be catastrophic for Ukraine and for world democracy, actually. When the invasion began, both parties were on board to defend Ukraine, but that cooperation may be ending, and uh, McCarthy's uh, position in this matter, I think he's bowing to the right, far right wing in this, uh, is threatening. Uh, back in May, the Senate uh, voted to finalize $40 billion more dollars uh, in new military and humanitarian assistance. Uh, but for how long? Uh, will that continue after that is used up? Uh, it really would be cruel to abandon Ukraine in its darkest hour, which it is suffering right now literally, uh, since the, re uh, the recent Russian bombardment has crippled most of Ukraine's energy infrastructure, and the country is mainly uh, without uh, power, so without light, without warmth, without food or water. Um, no, uh, there is no power to cook food, and the, what, the power plants, the power uh, structure that, uh, that supplied water to most towns and cities has been destroyed as well. Uh, Russia's uh, blanket uh, bombardment has just about wiped out everything in Ukraine, uh, which is a shocker. And I don't think the United States, certainly our people, are not aware of the extent of the damage. It's really uh, horrible, and winter over there is, is not forgiving. Uh, it goes down below zero and stays there for months at a time. So supporting Ukraine during this winter is a humanitarian commitment. It's an obligation. Um, and support for, the, for Ukraine's democracy is a display of uh, free world principle as well. And there are geopolitical issues uh, at stake also. Uh, Ukraine 
gained its independence from the Soviet Union uh, in 1991, and it has been a substantial bulwark against the rising surge of authoritarianism in the area, uh, which of course includes Russia, Hungary, and Turkey. And to abandon Ukraine would be a serious blow to democratic ideals in that part of the world as well as the rest of the world, and it would be an admission uh, that we don't care enough about democracy to defend it when it's threatened. For, uh, for Republicans, um, it would be abandoning values that Ronald Reagan held dear, who spoke for millions of the oppressed in the world in uh, 1987 when he told Mikhail Gorbachev, Mr. Gor Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Uh, I think most people, um, certainly people who are over 50, uh, remember that speech. Yeah. And sure. yes, uh, and it appears that the Republicans are more interested in building walls than in tearing them down. So has has the, all their idealism evaporated? Uh, a, a historian who, uh, with whom I'm also unfamiliar, uh, has said uh, Russia isn't is an advanced combat unit of the new global authoritarianism, global authoritarianism. So if the West stands idly by, it will open the way for Putin to um, to attack other countries, and she lists Moldova, Poland, and Kazakhstan as candidates for Russian aggression. Hmm. So accountability that the Republicans are now advocating sounds good, but if it's, if it's used as an excuse to cut or eliminate military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine, it would be a disaster, certainly for this winter. And there's a footnote to all of this, too, that has shocked me deeply, and that is that the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church, a man named Kirill, was previously a KGB agent and is a close friend of Putin's. And he has totally espoused Putin's propaganda line that Ukraine is really a part of Russia. Uh, it, uh, Ukraine is a fiction and illegitimate, and its people really should, uh, really most of them speak Russian, which is not true. Uh, and uh, that uh, the democratic government in Ukraine, so uh, Volodymyr Zelensky is, is Satan, is a, a minion of Satan. Hmm. Uh, the government is satanic, and any resistance to the Russian invasion is Satanism. And this is the head of the supposedly Christian church. <laughs> uh, and this, this deeply, deeply bothers me. It tacitly gives permission to Russian soldiers to walk up to any Ukrainian citizen in the street and shoot them in the back of the head, which they have been doing, actually. Yeah. After all, the assassination is blessed by Christ, according to uh, their potentate. It's only, it's simply the elimination of a Satan worshiper. So I find this to be the most hor one of the, one of the most horrific aspects of the Russian attack. 
So you, Frank, you have not only been to Ukraine early in the in the war, but you tell me that a friend of yours has just come back from there. So how how is the current state of things from private observation? Well, the the uh, friends that came back, a, a good friend of mine who's a publicist named public relations man named Todd Shapiro went over there with uh, with uh, another friend of ours George Pataki who used to be the um, who used to be the, uh, the the governor of New York and he was a Republican but a very you know progressive Republican pro-choice and uh, uh, pro-gun control uh, Republican and he was the last Republican elected anyway and he has roots over over there, uh, mainly, I think Hungarian is where his roots are. Mm-hmm. Pataki, I, I think that's a Hungarian name. And they tried to get over there three times. And wow. when, uh, well, this is the third time and they were successful. But the first two times they were, there was it's carpet bombing going on. And uh, and mm-hmm. they, they were told to stay out of the country because they uh, there was just no safe way to, to get them in there. They went in with about 20 people. One, uh, well, some some of them were Navy SEALs, and um, and they didn't see uh, action per se. They uh, they heard some sirens, but the reason they were there was they were they're trying to drum up more aid for uh, for the Ukraine, and they brought these gigantic heaters in. Actually, when Todd Todd was bleary eyed uh, when he landed, um, keep in mind it's six or seven hours depending on where you are in the country uh, difference. Uh, in the Ukraine and uh, and Poland, um, than it is here and on the east uh, coast on uh, in New York time, and <coughs> Todd Shapiro was trying to explain to me how big the heaters were that they brought over there, and they are uh, they're these incredible heaters, and and I kept throwing he was like they were as big as a and and i kept throwing uh you know examples at him i said a car a small car and he was like nah, maybe small but he just couldn't pinpoint how big they were but they were these giant heaters and uh and they're, they're just they're very good and uh and they gave out a whole batch of them a guy named earl mack um who's the uh he's part of the mack family the family of billionaires and and um uh, they uh, they certainly gave back here. They paid for the uh, the heaters, and they're giving them to different people because it is cold, as you yes. uh, you mentioned. It's already cold. It was cold when I was there in the first week of March, uh, right after mm-hmm. the war started. I was I was freezing in the Ukraine, um, and especially at night. And yeah, you, you you've got to realize that there's so many different places that have no electricity. And, uh, you know, there's all uh, all types of things. So these heaters are life and death for for people that are are there. Now, uh, having having said all of that, I'm sitting with him. I'm sitting with Todd, at least. um, uh, And, you know, I'll get the whole rundown in the next couple of days. But when I was there, it 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 seemed to me. and, And again, this was right when the war started. I mean, it's coming close to a year in March, in February 24th, it'll be a year. But when I, uh, when I got there, the words I was hearing, and and I got terribly depressed when when I first got there because I, I uh, as silly as it sounds, I underestimated how sad it was, um, and and what this experience was going to be like. I I just misjudged it, 
and I, I, I I'm ashamed uh, to to admit that I I didn't realize that it would be. Uh, just heartbreaking every step of the way because there were just refugees coming out. I was the only one walking in, um, uh, you know, like when I went originally when I went across borders, I had to walk across borders because I didn't figure out the ways around. But uh, the words that we were hearing were that this is this is the third world war. And yes. and we've always heard the quote, I think, by um, paraphrasing, but. Uh, when Einstein was asked what would the Third World War be um, fought with, and he says, I don't know, but I'll, I'll tell you what, the Fourth World War will be fought with sticks and stones. And, uh-huh. yeah. you know, and uh, in other words, that will bl- blow ourselves up. So for, you know, and I was there for 15 days, but I, I would say at least the first five days, um, and, and I spent five days in the in and out of the Ukraine, um, and then the other remaining days surrounding, you know, with the, you know, the refugee uh, coverage, uh, which I have a documentary coming out, and we're going to donate our money to you know, any money that would come from it to to the refugees, of course. Um, but uh, I was under the impression that we are we're in the midst of of the Third World War now. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, or, the, or at least not in the midst of it, in the beginning, and the this was the genesis of the Third World War, and you know maybe maybe it is, but I I I'm less. Um, convinced of that now. The one thing I do want to yes. say, and he doesn't get credit for it, but Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, um, has uh, has handled this war, uh, you know, just about as well as you could. Um, you know, people were saying in the beginning he's going to get us into the Third World War. He's going to get us into war. He's going to start World War Three. Um, you know, nothing like that has happened. And at the same right. time, he's given uh, tremendous. I mean, billions and billions and billions of in in support. Uh, to you know the right side to the you know the the victims here which are are the ukrainians and without that support i mean they're not they're not anywhere where they are now as you mentioned they're they're watching their country uh, disintegrate as far as the infrastructure disintegrate um b- being bombed and um and, and what have you but when um when all is said and done uh, I don't know how much differently I could uh, I, I I would have done anything if I if I was in President Biden's shoes. I mean, the fact that we are not engaged and we don't have boots on the ground over there and it's not uh, a, a World War three is, I, I think, a, a, a tribute to how well he's handled it. He really has handled the war well. Right. Yes. Uh, the situation uh in Ukraine right now is much closer to Texans than it, it probably is to the rest of the country because uh, in February 2021, uh, the power uh, grid uh, for all of Texas simply went out uh-huh. because temperature went down way below freezing and uh, the power grid was not uh, set up for that kind of a temperature, and it simply broke down. It, uh, key parts of it froze uh, and and blocked uh, the rest of it from functioning, and people actually died. So the uh, the official figure has grown to the uh, the um, uh, Abbott government. The governor here uh, proclaimed that 300 people had died, and. Uh, and the uh, the actual news was that eight eight hundred people had died. The official count has has risen to seven hundred. <laughs> so so uh, 
they they're now acknowledging that more people froze to death than they uh, they had at the beginning, but people were suffering terribly because the power was out, and also uh, their access to food and water uh, very frequently was especially water uh, was also out because uh, the, the water pumps uh, also work by electricity, and since the electricity was down, no water. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, plumbing in Texas homes runs over the uh, in the attic, so above the ceiling. So many houses, uh, in many houses, those pipes froze, and when they began to thaw, uh, the ceilings collapsed uh, because they were uh, sheetrock and that sort of thing. Uh, and so that too uh, was a terrible hardship for people in Texas. Uh, not uh, not only uh, did they have no water, they had no light, they had no heat, uh, and so on. So we really can sympathize with what uh, Ukraine is going through, although our trials only lasted a week. And then our power came back and uh, we were able to recover. But Ukraine will have to put up with this for months. Uh, and I know that they are scrambling to to restore the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure over there, but it takes time, it takes labor, it takes people away from the battlefield, uh, and it really is catastrophic. And the Russians knew that when they did, as you called it, the blanket bombing uh, of the entire country. So uh, the situation is dire, and we, uh, we must not cut off the aid to Ukraine at this very moment when they are in the most need they ever have been. You know, one of the things that uh, that is occurring to me now that that would have never occurred to me back then, and even though people have asked me, you know, over and over, um, in the in the beginning, do you think there's any chance that the Ukraine uh, Ukrainians could win? And and I, you know, I was trying not to be negative or whatever, but I I thought in my mind, how are they going to possibly win? I overestimated Putin and, and their army and, and uh, their money and everything else. And maybe I didn't. I don't know. But um, at this point, I don't know. I mean, did George Will, um, Doc, did uh, George Will mention anything about the possible victory for Zelensky? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's out of the question now. And again, I don't know enough about it to, um, to make that. I, I have to, you know, I'd have to really start doing some research, but... Uh, all of a sudden, it's past the giggle test, and nobody's giggling by any means. That's a poor choice of words on my part. But it's uh, it's past the ridiculousness of a question: Can the Ukrainians win? Because yeah. some people are starting to say, "Yes, maybe they can win." Yes, I think it was um, optimism was high before this blanket bombing began. However. Um, and uh, Russia has really done all it can uh, to destroy uh, Ukraine's capacity to uh, to actually win. Um, I think if if uh, the West aids Ukraine sufficiently so that they can survive the uh, the winter, and then maybe uh, when uh, more. Uh, 
inclement weather comes back again, uh, they may be able to pick up the fight better. But uh, at the moment, they're going to be doing very well just to survive and just to keep the Russians uh, from taking over the country. Uh, But I don't think uh, the good thing is, for our side anyway, that the the, uh, Russian army is depleted and demoralized and miserable, and they, uh, those recruits that they now have, uh, many, many of the Russians were killed by the, uh, uh, by the Ukrainian forces, thanks to uh, the American weapons uh, supply to, to the Ukrainians. Uh, so um, hundreds of thousands probably have died, um, and uh, the Russian propaganda claiming uh, claims that they have died in the battle against Satan, <laughs> but um, but of course we know better. Uh, so I don't think Russia is in any uh, in any position of great strength either. Uh, so I, uh, they may just sort of lie low during the winter, other other than having obliterated uh, Ukraine's power uh, plants all over the country. Um, they haven't been able to to make any definitive strike against uh, the country, so they may just take a, a, a sort of um, wait and see position during the winter, uh, and then start up again uh, more hostilities and more aggression uh, when spring comes. Who knows? Uh, time will tell about that. Um, and if we continue our support. I th- I think that um, air air support, the air defense system uh, that Ukraine kept asking for, would have been a wonderful thing to have uh, sent them in time, but we didn't. Uh, we kept uh, holding back and holding back for fear that Putin might decide to use an atomic weapon, <clears throat> and whether it was a, a small strategic. Uh, atomic explosion or a big atomic explosion, it would probably start World War III, which we have uh, mentioned during this uh, program also. You know, th- there's and one threat. Started, I, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to, if, yeah, I didn't want to I- interrupt you, but the one thing, and I, I, I hear what uh, Zelensky and all the Ukrainians were asking me to, uh, you know, like when I was interviewing them, they were saying, please, we need air support. And they yeah. they pronounce NATO, 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 you know, they a lot of them say NATO. And uh-huh. um, and they say, uh, please, we need NATO to uh, to give us air support. The issue yeah. there. Right. And this was the issue. And this is this is what I mean about it being tricky for for Biden. Um and for yeah. you know for everyone else uh, nato is basically the allies uh, you know if you want to con- convert this to world war 3 and and if yeah, putin is right. the nazis he's the aggressor and he's uh, similar to doing what adolf hitler was doing and the nazi army was doing um if we provide or if nato provides air support what does that mean i mean sooner or later nato will will shoot down a plane Right. If NATO shoots down a plane, it's World War Three. Right. How is it not? I mean, those are the the allies. What's the difference between NATO and and the the America? I mean, the the uh, allies of of World War Um, Two. You know, I mean, it's 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 very similar. And this becomes a multi um, a highly multinational um, uh, war uh, and everyone behind NATO 
everybody involved with NATO is there. So uh, I, I, you know, reluctantly, and and I'm I'm it pains me to say it, but I I don't necessarily want to give air support to the Ukraine because I think that starts World War Three. Yes, exactly. Uh, and and of course that's that's the the thin line there that. <laughs> The razor edge that we're balanced on, uh, how to deter Russia from uh, obliterating Ukraine with blanket bombing uh, without starting in World War III. I mean, there you go. And uh, there it is. And I I know Zelensky understands that, but at the same time, uh, we have actually supplied them with some um, uh, systems that shoot down uh, drones, for instance, and and Russian aircraft as well, uh, but uh, somehow or other, these uh, these uh, land to air defense systems uh, don't seem to count uh, as aggression against Russia in uh, in the way that would that would start a World War Three, unless. Putin wants to interpret it that way, and he certainly could. Yeah. Uh, right. So, uh, so it is a the, we're on the edge of the razor blade here uh, <laughs> in defending Ukraine and doing the best we can. And I think uh, President Biden uh, uh, should be credited with the unbelievable finesse uh, that he has used. First of all, uh, in bringing in NATO, the NATO nations. And uh, and adding to NATO, uh, so Finland and Sweden, I think, are yes. are two new NATO members now, uh, who resisted joining until uh, right now because they became afraid of uh, of Putin's aggression. Also, uh, so NATO, instead of frightening the West and causing the West to withdraw, which is what. He was hoping he has strengthened the West uh, and the West's ability to resist him. Now, of course, the rest of Europe is suffering because he has cut off um, cut off all uh, oil uh, coming in, and the Europe had become far too dependent on Russian oil. Uh, and OPEC also has uh, has cut back as as allies to Russia. They have also cut back their uh, exports of oil to Europe and to the United States. Uh, and we're just uh, trying not to use uh, OPEX oil as uh, or to use as little as possible. So anyway, uh, Biden is uh, in charge of of doing all these things to deter Russia, and uh, and he has actually done an amazing job of balancing on the blade of of that razor. Argument here, he's he's handled that well. With all the criticism that uh, that uh, President Biden gets, it's one thing that nobody has touched on: how has he handled the war? And uh, and you know, I'm sure people have criticized him for doing this or not doing that or whatever it is. But to me, I, I just can't think of anything that I would do differently if I was Joe Biden. And I am unbelievably sympathetic, unbelievably sympathetic to uh, the, the Ukrainian cause, as I think most white-minded people would uh, would would uh, would be. I mean, it's my God, I don't see the uh, I don't see the argument. I don't buy into the satanic 
um, devil worshiper uh, argument, which is a, a big stretch. Um, you know what's funny about that too is uh, always in my mind that uh, that many Russians and uh, Soviet Union I, they it was it was made up of uh, a tremendous amount of atheists, right? I mean, not not the the countries. I mean, there's uh, tremendous Catholic and Christian support in you know Czechoslovakia and that which is now the Czech Republic and 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 the Slovak Republic and I know Russia they have their their folks but I always thought of Russia I certainly don't think of uh, Putin as being a religious man in any way right so, yeah. yeah a little a little ridiculous to to try <laughs> try the uh play to make them the uh, the satan worshipers uh, it's kind of <laughs> Well, that is that is extreme, uh, and it, it's so extreme that it becomes absurd. And yet, um, that is the propaganda coming out of Russia. Um, so, uh, if the soldiers, who are often, I think, and increasingly uh, ignorant recruits from the countryside, who have a, a bare minimum of education. Uh, all they hear is the propaganda. So uh, what are they going to believe, poor souls? Uh, these are innocent young guys, you know, uh, 18 years old, some of them, and uh, and up, uh, who uh, just swallow what they're being fed. Uh, and and they, they cannot be blamed by, uh, for acting on what they think they know. Um, and so atrocities are taking place every day uh, in the encounter between the soldiers and the Ukrainians. And that is, I mean, that's criminality on the part of, uh, of the Russians who are directing that propaganda to their, to their people. So it's a bad situation. Terrible situation. Getting back to George Will, before we let you go, Doc, um, George Will, did he have any conclusions? Uh, I know it was a um, it was a, a tribute piece, right? I mean, it was, a, um, you know, great job, Zelensky, and great job, uh, Ukraine. But did he have any thoughts on... Yes, I do. And one of the arguments that the, my acquaintances who are Republicans and friends who are Republicans are saying, well... Uh, we are spending billions of dollars uh, to help Ukraine, but meanwhile our own people are going hungry and many are homeless. And why aren't we taking care of our own people um, while we're spending this money abroad? Uh, and I think they're, they've got a point, but at the same time we're up against it because we cannot abandon Ukraine. That's a given. Uh, and uh, so we just have to do the best we can to to try to meet both needs, Ukraine's and our own, our own poor and hungry people here in the United States. Yeah, there's no listen. There's no question about that. Um, my, uh, uh, you know, my thoughts just are. Um, you know, we it's a balancing act. It really is a balancing act, and and you know we've got to take care of our own people, including the uh, the folks that uh, that the men and women that fought over there, somehow or another. Uh, and I, when I say over there, I, I mean overseas somewhere in Afghanistan. Um, when they, when the um, 
you know, when the people come back and those uniforms come off, uh, somehow or another we ignore them. And we have so many homeless folks. We have a lot of suicides. I, I don't know how many suicides a day from former veterans. And the PTSD yeah. is a, is an epidemic uh, beyond uh, beyond that. And um, yeah, there's no question we should take care of it. But uh, it, it's a fine line because there's no way that we could just ever pull out pull out from Zelensky. Uh, we've got to uh, we've got to allow him to fight his way out of this if he can. And that'll be the big question. And and when I sit with uh, with different people and and some military folks. Uh, you know, that's the question I'm going to try to answer over the next couple of weeks. Can they win? Well, good luck in, in answering that question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a naughty question for sure. That's spelled K-N-O-T-T-Y. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Doc, right. yeah. Well, listen, uh, great job as always. And we'll be, uh, you know, for those. Uh, listening to us today, uh, d- don't be shocked to hear from us again real soon. We, we got a makeup uh, uh, podcast coming up, so you'll have two this week, and we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that later this week, uh, a couple days from now. Uh, we certainly appreciate everyone tuning in each and every week. Uh, Doc, do you have a final thought? Uh, I think I already gave it. Uh, I'm pretty much out of final thoughts. All right. Well, listen, great great job, as always, and great job by George Will, as as always. I've had him on the show uh, twice, I think, uh, George Will, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's uh, just a brilliant guy. and, and He is, and he writes beautifully, too, be- beautiful writer. even. Yeah. yeah, concise, you know, very, you know, his, his thoughts are, you know, just beautiful. Yeah, uh, very, very good. So uh, to everyone listening, we know you have a lot of, a lot of choices. We hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, and certainly um, we uh, we hope you're in, enjoying your holiday season so far. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>